0: Welcome back, guys, to another lovely episode of the Garbage Time Podcast. Today we have the Charlie Wilkinson Give Me My Quarterback special. JP, Nikki, what do we have in store for the boys today?
1: Great episode today. We've got a lot, to, a lot to cover as we finish up the first quarter of the season. One that Charlie Wilkerson will definitely want back as everyone on his team, including his quarterback, Lamar Jackson, has not been performing up to snuff. JP, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing a lot better than Charlie is. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. right
2: now. I am sitting at high atop the top of a mountain, tied for first place at three and one. They said I couldn't do it. They said I wasn't strong. I said it wasn't smart enough, but I did it. And you know what? I am one. B.S. Phil, defensive calculation away from being 4-0 right now.
1: That's right. Last time on the podcast, you heard a great debate between J.P. and Andrew about defensive scoring. Since then, J.P. has gone 2-0, and even without McCaffrey playing. you got to feel pretty good right now.
2: I feel pretty good. I feel better than uh, Mike Webb right now because he's gone
1: 0-2 since then. Oh, the other big storyline reminding you from last time, Michael Webb was a top of the mountain that J.P. <laughs> now stands on yelling obscenities down towards us about Autobots. Mike Webb Revenge season. And unfortunately, we got revenge on Mike Webb Revenge season, as he's gone 0-2 since then after a tough loss to the Autobots. We're going to cover all of that and more this episode, where we go over some of the big headlines from Week 4, catching everyone up on where we're at. As In addition to that, we have Fantasy Court coming up. We're going to debate some of the hottest topics around the league. And finally, going over some questionable moves that have been made so far this season. JB, to add before we dive right in. Well, before we dive in, let me just say real quick, Um, I think we all remember the Vikings love
2: boat incident, where the Vikings all went on a boat and they lost a bunch of games after that because they hired a bunch of strippers, had a, a cocaine-fueled romp on the seas box. of a lake. But And I'm starting to believe that possibly for Mike Webb, his love boat incident was that winery tour that he went on. I think Whoa. since he went on that winery tour, he has gone down. He had tried to appease that one girl that was not going to sleep with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, ever since then, he's, he's been slipping, and he's not even talking the group chat
1: anymore either. You know, I think you see with Michael Webb a case of someone who's dishing it out, but then now his, his trash talk really kind of fell, and people weren't happy. And right now he's uh down in the doldrums a little bit. Uh, and we said last time, we said this will not last Right. His team is no depth. He was just starting J.K. Dobbins as his rb two, who's having a rough week. Mm-hmm. And then now to add insult to injury, pun intended, Julio Jones goes down with a hamstring injury, does not return the second half of the game last night, and looks like he's going to be out for a little while. So like we said, that depth, the biggest concern we had, is now coming into effect. And this has been a year of injuries, of COVID, and you have to be able to have depth as no one is safe. Yeah, and we persevere. That's all we can say is we persevere. And with that, let's start the show. Speaking of persevering, we had myself, Father on Eagle Puppets, getting a big win that was much needed after a 1 and 2 start on the back of my brand new and shiny toy, George Kittle. Wow. Over Colson his Short Neck Buzzers. He had a couple players that were out, including Chris Godwin, as, as well as a Nick Chubb injury partway through the game. Yeah. Um, Colson falls a 2 and 2. I rise a 2 and 2. And am now in second place in the division, where there's a huge logjam between everyone except for uh, Mark Turner at three and one, I believe. Yeah, Mark Turner's at three
2: and one. That is very confusing. We don't know how that happened. I'm more confused about him getting that than me getting that mm-hmm. with all my injuries yep. and my uh, possible sacrifice to the gods of fantasy football. That I will not go into the, um, go into detail about because I did sign an NBA. But, NBA. Um, you know, yeah, very very surprising.
1: Fantasy gods are very fickle, and we see that again in the next matchup as the Autobots rolled all over Karen's wedding party as Jack moves a two-and-two and and Mike Webb falls a two-and-two. Mike Webb has, like I said, that Julio Jones hamstring problem, and Jack has looked like one of the big shocks in the league. He had a rough week one but has bounced back on the back of Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill as well as giant performances of Melvin Gordon and Kareem Hunt, who now looks like the feature back in a good Browns offense. Oh, he is the feature back. But the thing
2: about this matchup right here is that if you have two guys with long hair that don't care running the ball, that's always you meet the one guy with long hair that doesn't care running the ball and Dalton Cook. So, obviously, as I stated before, once Chubb went down, Kareem Hunt and Melvin are going to take the ball themselves and get this W over
1: Michael Webb and his wedding party from Karen. That's just science right there. Much like the winner of our next matchup, Love Science, that's Mark Turner, who used all his <laughs> basketball intelligence <I> <laughs> to get 110 points over uh, Macro's years walk with me. Matt had to go into this game feeling pretty good about himself. He puts up 95, a good showing. But Mark Turner, Dak Prescott, 37 points. Are you kidding me?
2: He just keeps doing it.
1: CeeDee Lamb, 20 points. A little bit of uh, evidence about that. Mark Turner got CD Lamb from Matt and CD puts up that stat line. A great stack there, one that no one really thought about. Mark moves to three and one. Matt moves to one and three at the bottom of his division. Yeah,
2: Matt doesn't even uh, like. We don't. This is kind of like a quiet trade in there. But um, Mark stole CD Lamb from Matt, and he whooped him in the butt with him
1: with Jamal yeah. Williams. No one Jamal saw Williams. that coming. <laughs>
2: some some high iq possible moves high iq i would say nikki
1: high iq there is an iq there speaking of high iqs charlie gets 97 which is a great week that's a fantastic incredible. job charlie fantastic week aimen scores 104. yes aimen no. scores 104 amen at 2 and 2 charlie 0 oh and 4 he took a punishment the sat 2 years ago and we're not going to spoil too much of the stuff we have down the pipe for this episode but it's not looking good for him right now JP. No
2: yeah, yeah, I would say that also. But um amen um this was a must win, an early season must win. And mm-hmm. as you can say my week 1 uh fight with Charlie was must win and I wanted, you know, once you get this Charlie, once you beat the punching bag, you know, you start feeling yourself and you start gaining momentum so Maybe this will turn aiming around, but we will see and we will talk
1: about it more later on the show. Yeah, and Joe Mixon with 36 points there against the poorest Jags defense. poorest. <laughs> and on to our co host here, JP Rise with Midnight Ride to Yosemite over Duck Duck Goose injuries 95 to 61. Charles was one of the lowest point totals we've seen so far, goes to 2 and 2. And JP! Three and one three and second one. in Cabin D division behind just Joe Truss. That means we have three three and one contenders. That's Mark Turner, JP, and Joe Truss, just as everyone expected, heading into week five. JP, tell them about this win here. I'm just saying my I'm being led right now by a couple
2: of white stallions mm-hmm. right now. Josh Allen, you know, I'm about Blankenship. You know like oh why you got why you gotta spoil it like that. You know I'm talking about Blankenship. coming out there getting fourteen points. Bam, 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 bam. That's not even half of the number of points he got. Rodrigo out there taking the ball. Alan Robinson loving him to Nick Foles. Josh Allen literally was born to do, throwing dimes, throwing touchdowns, making stupid turnovers, just making it up
1: with some running yards. I Come on. I could not be happier. And, Ch- and Charles getting hit by the Austin Eckler injury. Mm, and if you look at this team, where is he going to keep getting these points from? Um, it's a team that I have some concerns about moving forward this season. I also, and the fact that his third highest output was the New York Jets defense. How many points did they get?
2: They got eight, <laughs> and he is lucky that they got that eight because if they didn't get that pick six. He'd That's be a looking at point. he'd
1: be looking at like a fifty something point week. Not a great week for Charles McMillan. And finally, our other co-host Andrew Wright, Camp Corona, with eighty points. Taken over Campbell's revenge, upsetting the number one seed or number two seed, Joe Truss, who falls at three and one. Andrew moves at two and two. Andrew, tell me your thoughts on this matchup here.
0: You know, I really appreciate COVID. It's, it was my friend this week um, for multiple reasons. And, um, I look forward to going on and winning a second week in a row. Yeah, and wow. I think this is
1: a this is a big matchup here. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick starting for Joe, Kyler starting for Camp Corona. They really kind of went head to head. The running backs were the story for Joe, and his wide receivers were the lack of story, in my opinion. As Joe falls a three and one, but it's still in first place in a, the Cabin D division, tied with, or I'm sorry, ahead of JP. So, like I said, we have. Two, three, three, and one teams, Joe, JP, and Mark, I think, how well, I many, we're at like eight, two, and two teams, and Possibly. one, oh, and, and one three one team. oh, no, four. one, one, and three, Matt Cruz, one, and three, yeah. and then Charlie Wilkerson at the basement of the league right now at O and four. A so, lot of two, and twos, a lot of two, and twos. It's right. a real log jam, truly a log jam, especially in the uh cabin C division where I believe that uh there's four two and two teams all dueling out that uh, number two actual spot. Now, the next, uh, just to set up our next segment for you all. We're going to do a little bit of fantasy court. So, what's going to happen is we are going to argue a certain case. And I'm going to argue one side. JP will argue the other. Andrew, Judge Honorable Judge Honorable. Andrew, will make the decision over who is correct. And of course, you at home can tweet us at hashtag. Fantasy Core Garbage Time, and uh, we'll be happy to see those tweets there. That, that's a lengthy hashtag, but yeah. it's worth it to type all those little characters mm-hmm. in because you will get great responses. That's us. right. That's right. We're very active on the social media. We are. Um, and if I'm you, a uh, if your tweet gets 100 likes, you get free Garbage Time swag.
2: You get a free house from Zach Tax Real Estate. <laughs> Book it
1: right now. I promise. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and of course, Honorable Judge Andrew, are you ready? begin fantasy court let's do it (laughs) the first item up for argument is Eamon Webb a good fantasy player does he know what he's doing does he have a plan he's made some questionable moves so far to say the least and I think that uh in this case I believe that I will be uh defending you are defending Eamon Webb as the resident web defender
2: I am prosecuting
1: prosecuting so and I got, I got some witnesses. Would you like to start us off?
2: Well, I, I will, uh, opening statement, I'd like to say that Eamon uh, does not know what the hell he is doing, okay. your honorable judge. Um, I believe that he has fettled his team into a puddle in the middle of the road. He's lucked out going against Charlie this week. And he's going to get, you know, Eamon, he's always going to get those boom weeks. But, you know, this was a boom week. But then he's going to go right back to bust. He's wavering at two and two. I believe there are some F's. I'm gonna show you some evidence and it's gonna tell you the whole picture that tells you that this guy's a runaway train going down a whole hill and he has nowhere to know where he's gonna go. But I'm gonna
1: tell you where he's gonna go. He's going to the bottom of the league. I rest my opening statement. Honorable Judge Andrew, I sit before you with a bunch of history about Eamon Webb's success in fantasy football. Does he have the most conventional methods? No. Does he have, is he always successful? No, but sometimes if you shoot your shot enough, the hot girl says yes. And so in this scenario, I believe that you'll find that while well, Eamon Webb it does move more in one area to get to his destination than everyone else, he gets to his destination. So to start us off, I'll begin for us. Please, please, go ahead. And might I say, Honorable Judge Andrew, your voice sounds incredible today. Just, and I'll send you 10 bucks in the mail. But other than that, let's take a look at this team here. You have Kenyon Drake, a little bit lower right now. Coming off a pretty bad week, 3.5 points. But he's getting a lot of volume in a good football team. He's going to get his picks. Joe Mixon, 36 points. That's a trade that Eamon made. Eamon got Joe Mixon. He went out and saw what he liked and gets 36 points for it. And he gets 104 points this week. How can you say that he's not consistent he's two and two now deandre hopkins he believed in him cooper cup he made that trade for cooper cup as well and he's showing up here dalton schultz is like a promise to end this league and will fuller is a great wide receiver off the bench on top of that you have aj brown on the bench you have chase Edmonds, the handcuff for in case drake goes down miles gaskin who can fill in for bye weeks daryl henderson who can fill in on bye weeks this is a team with a lot of depth and what do we always say we say depth is key will he always get the same results, will he always be consistently above that 90-point threshold that usually wins you the week? No, he will not. Will he make some questionable decisions over and over and over again? Sure. But he's 2-2 two two right now, which is just as good as a majority of the rest of the league, and he's coming off a big 104-point win. You can say that he beat up on Charlie. Charlie scored 97 points this week. Eamon just scored more. Amon had a better team. Eamon scored more than most of the teams this week. So for that, I believe that Eamon Webb is a good fantasy player. He showed it time and time again, and while he does make questionable moves, he makes other moves to make up for said moves It ends up ending up good, not great, because of them. I rest my
2: case. You rest your case? Uh, your Honor, I say objection to all that nonsense. that just came out of Nikki's mouth. Uh, no, no, nothing personal. I am in your house. I respect your place of living. But this is ridiculous. Eamon is known Trade away valuable pieces just to get another piece. Sometimes the shiny thing you see across the fence is a piece of garbage, and I think he—that's what he's starting to do. He's accumulating garbage. How do you get a trade for George Kittle and turn around and trade him away? For what? For what? For pieces? For guys that are less than George Kittle? How many points George Kittle put up this past week?
1: He put up, uh, I believe it was 25, sir.
2: Oh, 25. That's real nice. I know you. uh, Last week you like to talk about. Oh, I look at the whole season line. I don't look week to week. Do you feel better with George Kittle than the guys you trade away week to week? Am I on, as the, a am I on the stand? You are. I'm <laughs> cross so you. are being cross-examined right now.
1: I am very happy with George Kittle. Oh, yeah, you are, aren't
2: you? Yeah, yeah. I would be, too. But That's, we're not
1: prosecuting
2: me. You're we're not prosecuting Amy not, Webb. Nobody's prosecuting you. I did not. I did not interrupt your time. We need time. the witness. Sir, <laughs> please give me my time. Give me my time. Um, And I'm just saying, uh, he traded you, Robbie Anderson, who is a top wide receiver right now. Who's given consistent ten plus point out outings? He traded away. Who else did he trade away? Uh, Raheem Mostert, who was one one of the best running. Injured for
1: season. last three weeks.
2: Injured for the last three weeks, but still top flight. Would I? Did I trade uh, Christian McCaffrey? I'm I'm, I'm I'm the witness right here. Did I trade Christian McCaffrey, who had a good two first weeks? Did I trade him? I'm
1: not allowed to say anything about
2: the <laughs> Did I did I trade him? though? No, I did not trade him because he's a valuable running back. You don't trade away valuable running backs. Because when he comes back for the playoffs, you're going to be looking great. And all he does is spoon feed other teams with good players. While he muddles his own team, and gets worse. And then let me well, one more thing. Let me look at his schedule right now. Oh, week one, he got 109 points. Week two, 69. Week three, 75. Oh, 100 points again. What's going to be next week? 52. Next week, 43. He's gone to downward slope. He does not know what he's doing. And he is muddling his team. I rest my case. Your Honorable. Judge Wright.
0: Well, after considering, closely considering, might I add, all of the uh, evidence that has been presented before me, might I say, fine job to both you gentlemen.
2: Thank
1: you. Thank you, Uh, Your Honor.
0: But this court is going to have to rule in favor of the defense. Yes! Amen Webb, you're welcome. Would you like to expand a little bit? I would not. Next case. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what else do I expect from a judge? That's above order. Order in this court. Moving
1: on <laughs> to the next
0: case.
2: I'm salty.
1: The next question is Is Mark Turner <laughs> good at fantasy football? Defending Mark Turner's success at fantasy football, we have JP Ortiz. And the prosecutor who is saying that Mark Turner is not good at fantasy football is the great 1 0 in fantasy court. Lawyer. Oh come on,
2: Nikki Harrington. We're not the same that we were in the last case. We, we're it's a new it's a new setup. It's a new judge, new uh prosecutor, new defense. I don't want to hear that, but I will let you start with your. Uh, oh opening no, statement. you you were first. No, off. no, uh, started, I start. I start my first opening
1: statement. So oh, you, what I'm sorry. What it? Honorable Judge Andrew, and again, you're looking great today. Truly. Objection. Handering. I. We have a team in front of us that. When we started this season, what did we say? We said, every team has a shot except for one. Mark Turner. This is not words that I said. This is words that JP said, that you said. Everyone as a panel said this. So I ask you, with a team that has not made very many successful moves, are we going to change our statement? Opening statement, closed.
2: Uh yes, Your Honor, it's me again. I know I'm leaving a lot of messages in your inbox. They know I have to do it because this is a great injustice to have our reigning champion being attacked like this. I see a ring on his finger. I don't see – I see one on Nikki's finger, but it's a little dusty. I see one on my finger it's a little dusty. I see one on your finger it's a little dusty. But the new brand Spankin' one and the fact of blasphemy of saying that this man – does not know how to play fantasy football when he is 3-1 and one and a defending champion, tied for first place. Your Honor, I'm, I'm just going to go right in here. I'm going to move on in. My, my closing statement, my opening statement, they're all the same because this man is a champion. He won last week. Well, did he win last week? <laughs> he did win last week. <laughs> he won the week before. He lost, but then he won again. He's 3-1, and, and he is ahead of the majority of the league. He's out here doing 3D chess. Let me tell you something. He has one of the top, if not the top, quarterback in fans right now, Dak Prescott, who is putting bango bucks in numbers right now. He chose to start Tom Gurley in his one game that he's gonna have a good game. Didn't even need him. Didn't even need him though. Did not need him. He went and put Jamal Williams in. Started Jamal Williams. How many points did he get? Over 10 points. That's a that's a good move right there. Did he put some stickers in there? Yes, of course. We are all hampered by, you know. Some questionable decisions here and there. And he does have uh, you know, some injuries, and he's not the most active on the waiver wire. He doesn't like to trade a lot, but when he does trade, let me tell you something. He does a good trade because he traded Devontae Freeman, who is a bum off the side of the road, just walked in there and said, Hey, let me run against uh, behind this terrible line. He did, but he didn't run anywhere because he's terrible. You know who we got from that? C.D. Lamb.
1: Objection, Your Honor. We're not debating if Matt Garizio is good at fantasy, which he's not. We're no, debating no. If, if Mark Turner is good at fantasy. I think it takes two oh, people.
2: No. Yeah, thank you. Sustained. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it takes two people to tango and it takes a good fantasy player to poach another fantasy player and take advantage of them. And if you have one person take advantage of the other one, that person that took advantage of the other one, has to be the good fans player, and also uh, I, last time I checked, uh, Matt Carizio is one and three. And what's uh, what's Mark's uh, record right now? I it's three I, and one. It's I three. didn't
0: I three. say Matt Carizio was good.
2: It's three and one. He is doing some smart moves here and there. He had wait, it was questionable. His drafting was questionable, but he's taking what he has and he's turned it into three and one. Can I have you said that enough? Three and one. He is three and one. Does he does he check? Is not fancy enough? Does he talk enough? No. But I think that this simple approach is really doing him well, and he is doing a great job of what he has. I rest my case.
1: All right, Your Honor, again, and you look great today. I want to talk a little Andy. bit about something called luck. We all have it. It's good sometimes. It's bad sometimes. And right now, Mark Turner's been one. You can't get that away from him. No. The wins speak for themselves. He's doing well right now. But is it him? Or is it luck? Because if you look at Jamal Williams, the savior that JP just brought up, his average fantasy points this year is 6.2. He way overformed. Todd Gurley, way overformed. He's in a committee. You cannot always count on Todd Gurley to win. JP said it himself in his argument. He said that he played Todd Gurley on his one good running back week. If you look at the rest of his team, he only has one serviceable running back, and that's Derrick Henry, who has not had the same year that he usually has. You have Targill and Jamal Woods behind him, both of which JP himself admitted in his case were one-hit wonders just for this week. Your Honor, and you I have object. Dak, I object, Your Honor. Your Honor, he said those exact words. And Dak Prescott, let's talk about him. 37 points last week. Fantastic. The best QB in fantasy, number two actually right now, behind I think only Russell Wilson. He looks, he looks amazing. I'm not going to take that away from him. But – that's not sustainable. Right now, Dak Prescott's going to throw for over 6,000 yards. For perspective, the most yards ever thrown is around 5,500 by Peyton Manning, and I do not think that Dak Prescott is the same caliber of QB as Peyton Manning. Additionally, if you look at the rest of his team, he started Tyler Eifert. And then if you look down on his bench, there's no other tight ends he was going to put in besides Chris Herndon and Eric Ebron. Are you really going to trust any of those tight ends on a weekly basis? No, and they showed that. Chris Herndon averaging an average of, let's see here, 1.4 per game. Yeah, Tyler Eifert averaging an average of 3.5 per game. Neither of these are sustainable options. And if Mark Turner is going to be that next caliber of fantasy player, then he's going to have to make some moves to fix up that position. And again, I'm not saying that he hasn't done well so far. I'm saying that eventually – the rainbow ends, and there's no pot of gold for Mark Turner. I think there's a whole pot full of losses.
2: I think it's ridiculous, and you're strengthening my argument. When you are looking at the tight end and stuck on the side, oh, I'm sorry, not everyone has a George Kittle, sir, but you walk through it. He has options. He's trying to find it. This is a tough, tough year for tight ends, and you cannot fight that point that everyone's struggling with tight ends. I started Mo Ali Cox. Was he on the, the pre-draft rankings? No. But he's out there, and that's what we have to do. Exactly, he to find, and he interrupt. did
1: not find Mo Alley Cox. You did. He was ahead of you in the waiver wire order, and he did not find him.
2: Well, in my defense, nobody else found him. I'm Again, I'm,
1: that's what I'm saying, is so that you I'm, made the correct move, and he did not when he had a trying problem. He's
2: trying out different people. I think, you, Mark. I think that he really wanted to use Eric Ebron, but he got put on that bye. Because yeah, Eric Ebron did get a touchdown last week, and he was looking better. So I think it's a
1: it's improbable. Well, you know, let's also talk about some of the wide receivers here. CD Lamb is not always going to get the same amount of yards. He's going to have that same regression that Dak Prescott. But had. that's everyone and every player. Well, they they will, but then who's who's going to he going to fill in for? It? Yeah. If this is a year of injuries, mm-hmm. which it has been so far, yeah. this is set records in injuries, and on top of that, COVID, there are going to be depth problems coming up. And I don't think that this bench, which features superstars like Jarvis Landry and Sammy Watkins, And then, of course, the aforementioned tight ends are going to fill in that flex spot. I don't think that that's reliable. No, I agree. It's not sustainable.
2: And it might not be sustainable, but that does not have any merit on how he is his fantasy owner because he's putting up starting lineup that's getting wins. And you don't win with your bench.
1: All righty. Andrew, make your choice.
0: Gentlemen, you both made wonderful opening statements in – one of you made a much better closing statement than the other, but I'm not going to say who because I'd like to keep this court clean for the duration of the day. Um, but in this case, Mark Turner versus the league, I'm going to have to rule in favor of the defense.
2: Oh. Yes, sir. One
1: and one. Here we go.
2: Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. You are Next smart day. and beautiful.
0: Let's take a recess. If you or a loved one have ever suffered an attack
1: in fantasy football, Call Harrington and Ortiz for immediate representation. We have your back and your front. I agree. Call us now.
0: Fantasy football quarter is now back in session.
1: The next case on the docket. Who is the best team in the league most likely to end up with the number one seed overall? Defending the great Jack Waitrovich is Nikki Harrington. And defending the fact that it is actually Colson Perry as the number one team in our league this year is J.P. Ortiz. That's me, Your Honor. I'm back again. Your Honorable Andrew Wright, I will start with a quick opening statement. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Aaron Jones. End opening statement. Uh, Your
2: Honor, I don't uh, have people pay me by the word, so I will use more words. I have... On my docket right here, Russell Wilson, the number one quarterback in fantasy football right now, more than Patrick Mahomes. And I have another one. You know what that one is? That's called potential and youth, youthful potential. That is why I believe that Colson is going to run away for the rest of the season into the number one spot going into the playoffs. I rest my case, but I'm going to keep it rolling because that's what I do. I'm a train baby. Colson Perry, he has put together a team here that you know he's two and two right now. So you know he's had some struggles. He's a uh, he's not doing the best, not doing the worst. No, he's he's med- he's muddling. He's in the middle. He's a middle tier <laughs> team right now. But I'm looking at his team right now, and he's got some some real building blocks going to the future. Of course, Russell Wilson, he's tried and true forever, and he just keeps putting up points. Calvin Ridley. Number one wide receiver in fantasy. Even with his zero outing yesterday, still number one wide receiver in fantasy. That's two number ones. Oh, you you were asking about his tight ends? Number four tight end right now. He has leaders up and down this roster. But more than that, more than that is his bench. And he's made some good moves here and there. He's a smart guy. He's going to pick guys up. Nick Chubb is going to come back from IR at some point. That's a leader, number one running back. You have Chris Godwin coming back. That's a potential number one wide receiver. You have Joshua Kelly, who's taking over for Austin Eckler. If he can shape up, he can be a number one. You have a bunch of – you have – no who's that? Alamid Zacchaeus? I don't even really know who, – who is that? I only really know who that is. But he has him, and he has all these sneaky – Alan Lazard, who's getting a butt. He has Rashad Penny on his back. She's got all these sneaky, sneaky – but Benny Snell, he's a snowman, sneaky, sneaky – but these guys are the ones that have a lot of potential. Maybe not Maybe not. Maybe not Alamos, Zacchaeus or, Zacchaeus, or whatever he's in. Maybe not that guy, but he has guys ready and willing to get into there. And also, did I forget to mention? He has the number one kicker, too. He has number ones up and down his roster, and he's going to supplant those. Oh, he's got the number two defense also. Sorry, I, I just keep seeing more and more reasons why he could be the winner. And he's got a young Brad Mayu, who's now coming into the zone. He just, is brimming with potential, and I think he's going to bloom next coming weeks and take over the number one spot from young boy joe truss i rest my case
1: all right And first i will say that i do think Colson has a very good roster i just don't think it's the best in the league i'm not going to debate whether or not he has a good roster because he does um and he's a good manager but my argument is that jack waitrovich has the best roster and the simple fact is Up and down this lineup, you are full of heavy hitters. Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, of course, lead this charge. Patrick Mahomes, being one of the top quarterbacks in fantasy, loves to pass the ball. And Tyree Kill is always good for 50 yards and touchdown minimum with the possibility of getting more because of his insane speed. He makes a fantastic trade to get Kareem Hunt, who now is the number one running back. On that same team that JP was saying, now Nick Chubb is going to be out for at least six weeks, according to reports. So that's at least six weeks, not just for Kareem Hunt to feast as the running back for a Browns team that loves to run the ball, but also a chance for Kareem Hunt to take that starting job from Nick Chubb, because we've seen Kareem Hunt win in the past. Even when Chubb comes back, I'm not certain that this job won't be a 1A, 1B type thing, with Kareem Hunt potentially being the 1A. Then you have Melvin Gordon, who recently exploded and is now the only functioning piece of a Broncos offense. They are going to give it to him. DK Metcalf has now supplanted uh, Tyler Lockett as the number one wide receiver for Seattle, Mm. uh, battling David Moore for that spot. How many touchdowns did Tyler Lockett get last week? Not, no, not very. Lockett is still putting... It, it,
2: it was 3.6. Your 36 Honor, points. your Honor,
0: has Mr. Over points. did say week. he does
1: not look week-to-week. He looks season-long. Ty right, Lockett week is to still week, looking Let's great. look week-to-week week for DK Metcalf. Three weeks straight of over 100 uh, over hundred yards. This is a stud right here. And then, of course, you have the 49ers defense who's going to get pieces back. Zane Gonzalez, a uh, Kickers don't matter. Do we care about kickers? You're the one saying And You're then, of zombie. course, we aren't even touching on Aaron Jones, who right now, behind Alvin Kamara as the number one back in fantasy. And my theory in fantasy football, well, it's not really a theory because there's evidence behind it. It's pure fact. You need to have a top five running back if you want to win the championship. If you look over the history of our league, you see Mark Turner with McCaffrey, J.P. with McCaffrey, uh, Matt Carrizio with Todd Gurley me with Todd Gurley, all four of us have had bell cow running backs who have absolutely dominated the fantasy community. And in this case, I believe that that running back is either going to be Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara, and right now Aaron Jones has a stranglehold on that. Even on a rough night last night where he was getting some of the snaps taken by Jamal Williams. 17.1 points? Are you kidding me? Out of a running back who's on 75% of snaps? I will take that all day. This is a team that is going to be here for the long haul. JP talked about the bench. Let's go down the bench. Traquan Smith coming off a two-touchdown game. Deontay Johnson, number one wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers now, is, uh Juju Smith-Schuster has lost his Juju. And then quarterbacks like Jared Goff, who could be a backup in a, in a uh, little bit of a pinch. <laughs> yep. Jared, Goff. Point, Jared Goff. <laughs> and then, of course, you have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is another wide receiver for the Green Packers, and with Sterling Stirl- Shepard and Tevin Coleman coming off the IR for potential reinforcements. if need. This is a team that is built to last, and I think that the highs of this team between Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Aaron Jones have a capability alongside the in- intestinal fortitude of Kareem Hunt. This fortitude. is a team that will make the long haul, that has the cojones to do the job, and I think they will be the number one team, maybe not in the championship, but I think they'll end up being the number well, one seed we're talking about. for the year. We said number one seed for the year, and yep. I think that this team has that capability to be number one overall heading into the playoffs. I rest my case.
0: Well, counsels, I appreciate both of the evidence that you have brought before me. Uh, in order to make this a quick and easily, quick and painless process, I shall rule in favor of Council Harrington.
2: Well, it's an easier. It's a great call. It's an easier case to go for. I let, let the
1: record show that JP had Jack as his person and then moved <laughs> off to Colson without being provoked to do so.
2: It is what it is.
1: <laughs> All right, and now uh, we're gonna do a couple of quick hitters for this one. I'm gonna say a question and there will not be an actual judge on this one. All three of us are gonna give a simple yes or no answer and then briefly briefly talk about whether or not we think. That it is why we think the way that we do. The first question that I have on document for quick hitters is: Charlie Wilkerson going to do the punishment this year? On the count of three, gentlemen. One, two, three. Yes. Yes. All right. (laughs) Not too much debate on that one. Charlie's had a rough go about this year, losing Michael Thomas. I will say, I think I'm the highest on Charlie of the three of us when we were talking our pre-show meeting. Um, I think that Charlie does have a better team to give him credit for, especially when Michael Thompson is going to be coming off the bench pretty soon, as well as the fact that he has uh, Chris Carson as a stud uh, coming up. So I think this team is better than giving credit for. They're a couple moves away, but unfortunately starting 0-4 is not ideal, especially when you're in a league as competitive as this, when you're going to have to fight in claw for every win.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, he's, he might not be as bought in as possible to this league as some of the other people in this league. He might not do as much in this league, and he might not be watching as closely. And that's a deadly combo, and he might have made the championship last year, but last year, last year, and he is not the type that I see is going to climb
1: out of this hole without a lot of work. Yeah, running back's the most scary position for me. We, there's a running back uh, vacuum right now. Everyone wants to find the good ones, and, and Charlie's number two right now is Naeem Hines. That's not where you want to be no, in the week not. five. His name's not Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. so you don't want to be starting. That's right. And now for our next quick hitter. It's one of our favorite conversation topics. Is Michael Webb going to make the playoffs this year? On the count of three. One, two, three, No. Yes. Did I hear a yes? Yes. No. All right,
2: Andrew. No, please go ahead, Andrew. Tell us why. Uh, disclaimer, Andrew is high on cold medicine right now, so he might, not, uh, be, true, he might not be fully himself, but please go ahead.
0: All I've been taking is Tylenol. This is not true. So, I mean, I don't know. you. I love to hate Michael Webb just as much as the next guy. I feel like that's pretty well known on the podcast. But, I mean – there's no denying he has been doing pretty decent this season. Now, do I want to see him make the playoffs? Do I want to see him win? No. But as of right now, except for this past week, the track record shows that he's going to get there. I'm basic. I'm, I'm only going off the facts. I'm taking my personal bias out of it.
1: JP, I'm going to let you take this one here. Uh, Andrew, did you see he lost the last
2: two weeks, not just last week? Um, He's not – Looking too great. I can see where you're saying that, yes, he did a little better before, and he still had 109 points last week, but he's starting to fall off a little bit, and he's the type that when the things start getting tough, he's not tough. He gets going. He's already stopped talking in the chat more. He's already um, acting like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm uh, doing this. I'm doing that. Anyway, he's got some injuries piling up. He's got some issues there. He's got Odell Beckham, who he couldn't win with Odell putting 33 points up, and he's not gonna do that every week. So, you know, I think that a lot of his players are going either getting injured or coming back down to earth and he's gonna be in shambles. He's gonna be fighting to come up. I don't do I think he's fighting for last place? No, not at all. I think he's in the playoff hunt, but I think he with all his injuries stop packing up and uh piling up in, you know, all the bench issues that he's having because, you know, I don't know why, but he's still got three cohen over there. <laughs> that's a that's a weird one right there, but He's, um, he's going to need to do some work, and I don't know if he's going to be in tune enough. We might see a first Spanish football league season, Mike Webb.
1: Yeah, and I know. I, kind of, I echo the same sentiments. I think Julio Jones and J.K. Dobbins, Julio getting hurt this past, it sounds like he's going to be out for a little while. Those yeah. hamstring injuries are tough to rehab from, especially since a re-injury. Especially you that expect him to be gone for, for at least three weeks, in my opinion. And then got J.K. Dobbins, who right now is uh, fighting Gus Edwards, for carries in a Baltimore Ravens defense there where he's already behind Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson. So, And you look on the bench, I just don't see who he's plugging in right now to take that spot. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying he's got to uphill battle for it. And now for another controversial, our final quick topic of the night tonight. Is Charles McMillan going to miss the playoffs for the first time in his mm-hmm. fantasy ball history? One. Two, three, no. Yes. <laughs> oh, All right. another
2: Andrew. Once again, everyone, yes, a disclaimer, so Andrew has been taking
0: hell of hey, some Mike Hennessy Webb is going to knock Charles out of the playoffs.
1: Oh, my wow. God. Wow. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. So.
0: He got lucky when he beat me and made me look like Minshew for a month.
1: All <laughs> right, Andrew, tell us why you do not believe in Charles McMillan repeating this year.
0: Because on this take, I am using full biased and zero facts, and I'm salty as hell that I have to have this mustache for 31 days. And I just hope that Mike Webb knocks him out.
1: Well, first (laughs) off, I love the honesty. And a little bit of bias in my touch is what I enjoy. I love the mustache too. Um, I think that Charles has, kind of like Michael Webb, an uphill battle to get back to the playoffs right now. Um, Austin Eckler's out for, again, looking like at least six to eight weeks. That was a horrible hamstring injury. And he doesn't have, in my opinion, the firepower as it stands right now to continue to win games. He's coming off a game, a uh, week where he scored 60 points, which is one of the lowest we've seen so far. I don't buy David Montgomery. Jerry's uses wide receiver two right now. Like I said, I'm not sure if you can buy in on Tyler Lockett as much as you want to. Antonio Gibson's playing for the Redskins. So you automatically lose a little bit of trust in him. Again, I'm not saying he won't be able to come back. He has some great depth on the bench between Brandon Cooks just to gain your greenout, which is something that's long overdue. Yeah, And he has Le'Veon Bell on the IR who's coming back. So there's potential here. There's some young guns who I think really could step up, but Charles is going to need him to step up. He also is going to need to make some moves right now.
2: Yeah, he's definitely going to need uh, Zeke Elliott to start playing like Zeke again.
1: Because right. if
2: he doesn't do that and he keeps meddling in this like 10 plus, 12 plus, you know. That thing, he's going to need more than that. And Tyra Lockett has some of his uh, production being taken away by D.K. Metcalf. But although he's still producing well for himself, I wouldn't say he's number two right now, but, you know, it's a one-two punch. You know, you don't have to put a label yeah, on it. Yeah, D.K. Metcalf and David Moore, no, go on. No, whatever. All right, Antonio Gibson also is doing pretty well for himself. So if he gets these guys to keep growing and David Montgomery goes back to form a little bit and that Bears offense does something at some point, but goes back to looking like Nick Foles, offense that for that one half <laughs> we'll see <laughs> <laughs> then they might have he might be okay but you know it's, it's it's gonna be tough right now but i think that he's still gonna bounce back and it'll be okay
1: i think the most interesting story to follow with this team is a austin Eckler and b do the cowboys come go back to running the ball regularly because mm-hmm. if dak continues to throw 500 yards that's not going to leave very much for zeke to eat and feast i think that if they go a little back to Playing a little better defense which was a big if yeah and they start running with zeke a little more especially early on where you can get a little bit of a, a little bit of a lead then i think that this could be a team to watch out for but i think a lot of this does rest on ezekiel Elliott. you spend a number uh number three overall yeah, pick on him three. um number it was a high draft pick on him three or two i believe you expect a little bit more than what he's gotten right now but that finishes up our quick hitters Now for our next one. JP, we've been talking a lot about moves in this league. This is a very Mm trade-happy, waiver-happy league. And we want to shout out some people for making some really good calls. Yeah, yeah. Also, though, we're going to call out some people who make some bad calls. And I think the first one that I want to bring up is Coulson Perry, who had Chris Godwin go out. He had a lot of people who were injured. Nick Chubb goes out partway through the game. So he ends up having to start Latavius Murray. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Latavius Murray almost carried his team, his injury-ridden team, on his back to a win, getting two touchdowns in 60 yards or 70 yards and scoring almost 20 points in fantasy. And hey, you know, kudos to Colson for making the right call on that play. You know, credit where credit's due. I didn't see that one coming. I thought when I was playing that Latavius Murray was going to be – uh. Six points and yeah, I can find, no worries, six, but uh, 20 to and to almost carry this team to a win. Woo, good call on his part.
2: Yeah, very impressive call. Um, you know, ever since Latavius left uh, Minnesota, where he was, you know, more of like an every down back or whatever, he has been this guy that can, you know, he has the skill there. He's just not consistent, but he will pop up and do these games. And, you know, Colson bet correctly. It was mo- maybe his was forced with all these injuries, but he really made the right choice. And that is Wild to see that he posted 20 points in 2020.
1: Yeah. Unreal. Unreal. And kudos to Lahiri Smart for sticking around. Um JP, do you have a, a highlight or do you want to go right to the lowlights? You know, I, I I
2: could say highlights. I you know, I like I like things that people are doing, but you know I'm all about the lowlights.
1: I don't care yeah, right about And that's you why know. you listen to us. Give me the it's Please. garbage time, not uh highlight time. <laughs> JP, who is your number one low light? Who that you've seen. Oh, my Who's number one. Who's the person you saw in the lineup and you were like, WTF?
0: Oh, I don't I don't have to
2: look it up right now. I was thinking, mm-hmm. like, oh, man, like, I didn't write anything down, but I know. I know who the lowest one is. They may win it. And have. I know it's on Mark Turner's team. Oh, yeah. And I know I defended him earlier. Yeah. But, dude, what the hell? Would, what You played the Dallas Cowboys defense? Yeah. Not only are they ranked number 32 now, 32 teams in the league, they have not posted one game of positive points. Mm-hmm. you know what happened because of that? What? he got negative nine points from his defense slot is negative nine a lot it's so much i don't i don't know if i haven't seen those numbers i don't know if i've never ever seen like negative nine i think i've seen some bad ones but i don't know if i've seen negative nine but that just you have to you have to do your homework and look at the the players that you're adding and just not sit there looking for name name variety you that's all he did. He saw Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys defense. Oh, that, that's probably gonna be fine. Or I don't know if they were projected for anything. They're projected here for negative.
1: No, that's no, not The right. average is negative three point five. Both the projection. The both projection both. Uh, right now, Dallas Cowboys projection is seven point one for next week. Um, for the previous week, yeah. Uh, give me the previous ab- projection. The projection was wait for it. Stalling while it's loading. Still loading. <laughs> Let's see here. But it was low, and they're averaging negative three and a half per which is week, wild. which is abysmal. 5.5, which is 5. The, 5. one of the lowest you'll find. Yeah, no, that's that's not great. That's a,
2: I know if you're just looking really quick and you're trying to plug one in, that's what you're going to do. You're going to take it, but you had to know. You have to look at those past games and see, man, they're not ranked very well. And also, they haven't had any positive points for the whole season. This is the quarter of the season. You can't be making these kind of mistakes. "Ah, That's that's all I
1: got. It was just a terrible move. And a couple of the other lowlights for me that we'll go through pretty quick. It's two for me, and both of them are kind of a similar tier, although one's young, one's old. A.J. Green is still in for Charles McMillan, even after having a a very not great year for A.J. Green. Look more like F.J. because he is failing. And then J.K. Dobbins, as in just kidding—he's not playing for the Ravens because he's the number three back, still behind Lamar Jackson and rushing. And so Charles has the people to fill in for A.J. Green. So you expect him, and it looks like he's already off his bench for this coming week. J.K. Dobbins—this is where it's interesting, and this is where you really see if the road meets the road with Michael Webb. Can he fill in for this running back gap that he has in his team?
2: Yeah, it's um, you know, that is a big gap, and these. It's it's moves like this that make you really think like, all right, you're trying to do better, you're trying to make yourself feel good about what you're doing, but when they when they hit like that, like you know, I have Gus Edwards on my team and I have Mark Ingram, but I would never start Gus Edwards unless Mark Ingram went down. And J.K. Dobbins, you know, unless until you see something happening, you really don't want to start a guy in that tandem except for Mark Ingram because he is touchdown dependent, but he does pop off at least once every other week. So at least you have that. If I didn't have my injuries, I could take him out and put him back in, take him out put him back in. I can't do that because of my injuries, but I would. But J.K. Dobbins, you can't do that anyway because you don't know what he's going to do.
1: Yeah, Mark Green was definitely a more reliable option out of that backfield. JP, do we have any final ones before? It looks like you have one queued up. Hit me with the final low light of the night before we finish up with a couple of quick risers and fallers that we see happening in the standings in the future.
2: Um, you know my um my low light is gonna go ahead and be uh, you know I'm I'm looking at these guys. I don't really feel that low about it. I, I I'm pretty impressed. Um, uh, I'm looking at um uh, our boy Macarizio, our past commissioner's team. I do like his his face and uh faith in Mike Davis and whatnot. But the fact that you saw David Johnson number one, I'm not liking that. That's that should be a flex. The fact that he's there, I understand he has some injuries too, whatnot, but with David Johnson, Devontae Freeman as a tandem there, I know it's hard to find other things and other players to slot in. And I know you got Leonard Fournette hurt, Philip Lindsay is questionable, all this type of stuff. Like I I I don't feel good about that. Yeah. I that's a low light for me. That's a low tandem.
1: And the running backs are really one of the biggest problems in the league right now for a lot of teams. Everyone's trying to find some really solid running backs that can fill in for some of these injuries and just be reliable fantasy options. Um, and I know for myself, I won't call myself I'll call myself out a little bit. Nick Moss did not do great. Mm. He Got pulled, but uh, luckily he did throw one touchdown, George Kittle, It was enough to save my night. But uh, he has been cut from the team. <laughs> Breaking news right now. Before we head into our final segment of the night, which is who are our biggest risers and fallers that we see happening in this upcoming season? Who do we think is going to rise from the doldrums of the fantasy standings right now to the top? And who in the top who do you think is going to fall to the bottom bottom half of the league? JP, do you want to take this one first or should yeah. I start us off? I'll
2: throw, I'll throw two out there. I oh, really God.
1: do feel like um, this coming
2: week, uh, you know we have a lot of two and two teams, whatnot. But I do feel that uh, Matt Corazza is going to be able to rise a little bit. Interesting. Interesting. I think that that he, of course, last two weeks we talked about his desperation and whatnot. He's uh, feeling bad, texting people trying to get trades going. That's tough. You hate to see that, but I do think he's going to right the ship, and I think he's going to get some more wins. Is he going to make the playoffs? Is he going to like you know go a lot farther? I don't think so. I think the damage might be done already. He's Okay, he's got one home win and three away losses. I don't know what that means,
1: but it's not good. Those home road splits are not. What when you, you want go to see. on the
2: road, you gotta get exactly. Some wins. Oh gosh. So I'm. I think he'll get. He'll push up in the playoff rankings and start rising from there. I think the middle pack is just so tight as usual with the two and twos that it's gonna be a lot of like it's gonna be a lot of uh, teams with the same record. But for uh, Fowler, I. I'm just going to look at my uh, numbers and say <laughs> it's probably going to be me. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm probably going to fall back to, that
1: fast, fall back to that a little
2: bit. I'm going to try not to, but I think I'm going to be a follower, follower.
1: Okay. I'll uh, start with Mac Rizzio on that one. You said that he's a bit, of a, a bit of a riser. The thing with me that makes me nervous is, like you pointed out with David Johnson, yeah. Christian McCaffrey is going to come back soon. Yeah. He's that, that uh, magic pixie dust that's on Mike Davis right now. He's going to run out when McCaffrey comes back. They're not paying True. $16 million to split a backfield. So Matt has to make some big moves coming up if he wants to stay afloat in this league because you can't have a team that's headline running backs or David Johnson and Devontae Freeman. So I do expect Matt to make those moves. I understand I'm I'm a little bit more hesitant to crown him as the biggest riser. I think that the biggest riser for me, it's tricky here. I think I'm going to go with – I think I might go with Jack. He's already at number four. I think, like I said, I think he might go to all the way at number one. (laughs) Um I think that he I that's my pick right now is that he's going to end up at number 1 by the time we do this next podcast at oh, the halfway point. Okay. I think we will end up going uh, 2 and 0 this coming week or these coming couple of weeks end up as uh, 4 and 2 which will be good enough for what I believe the best sharks. I do think all these 3 and 1 teams right now between Mark, yourself and Joe Trust. I think all every one of those people are going to lose at least one of those two games. And then Jack just has to beat it out on points. I think he's shown he can do that. So yeah, He's, he's scoring a lot of points. He's my biggest riser. As far as biggest faller, you know, I've been defending this guy for a long time. It's always – I'm the Mike Web defender on the podcast, but I just don't see it sustaining. There's too many holes in this lineup now that Julio Jones is going to be out for a little while. Between J.K. Dobbins and Julio Jones, there's going to be a vacuum. And I don't think Mike Web has the pieces as it stands right now. Could he make moves? Sure. Anyone can make moves. But as it stands right now, especially what's on the waiver wire, I'm not too high on his chances of vaulting himself up into that top six to one to six, that playoff caliber teams.
2: Yeah. Like I I, I agree completely with both of those. Uh, Jack's an easy one because he scored the most points in the league. And I think he's smart enough to work those matchups. And I already said my piece of Mike Webb. I think that he's uh, clocked out soon and he's going to start falling.
1: Yeah, it's tricky with that logjam at those two and twos. We have, like we said, we have seven two and two team right league.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
1: so we'll we'll see how it all shakes out. I'm excited to see where we're at next week. I think that we're gonna have a, a very different view of why these teams. No, I agree. I agree. I think a lot of things are gonna change between now and next and the next title record. All righty, Andrew. Do you have any closing thoughts for us before we wrap this up for another podcast of Garbage Time in the books?
0: Down with Colson. Down oh, wow.
1: Colson. Okay, tell me why.
0: Just always, man. It's just a mood. It's there's no facts. It's just a mood.
1: So you heard it here first. Andrew is anti-Colson, anti-Charles McMillan, saying that neither one will end up making those playoffs.
2: Nikki, I have I have one last thought. Let Let that kind of goes it. along with Colson and everything. Call me crazy. I kinda miss um confident Matt Garizio. I kind of miss the cocky Garizio. On all the chat stuff, he's been quiet lately. He's been a little sour. But i I missed the guy that flies high and wants to get those doves and is just shit talking left and right. I miss it. I think our, I think our whole league misses it.
1: You know, and the thing that we liked about Macavizio, and to his credit, Colson hasn't been as active trash talking no, as he usual. hasn't either. Um, you know, we were having very cordial conversations during our matchup. So it was very, <laughs> very pleasant, but it was a bit surprising. I think that these are two people that uh, have been uh, flying too close to the sun before, yeah. and their wings have melted off to be like Icarus, um, and I think that they're a little bit gun-shy right now, particularly Matt. Um, he knows that if he's going to trash talk, he has to be at a point where he's physically able to trash talk, and that yeah. goes back to what we're talking about with the Michael difference, but there's a bit of a vacuum in the league for a yeah. good trash talker, although we have trashed multiple teams oh, tonight. Although I'm always trashing. it is the garbage time, Show. what else do you expect? To all of our German and Irish listeners, we bid you adieu, which is French, I believe. But until next time, everyone, this has been the Garbage Time Show signing off after week four. We will see you in week six when we have a whole new matchups. So we'll probably do some power rankings as we enter the halfway point. And uh, until then, have a great night and a great week five and six.
2: Sayonara. Take care.